What's up, everybody? This is Fred Bracciani of TSC News, post-fight at Bellator 266 on Showtime. We're going to hear from the winner of the main event, Mr. Wonderful Phil Davis, who defeated Yoel Romero. Plus, we hear from Bellator President Scott Coker. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Uh, talk to me about how you're feeling coming out of that one. Uh, very exhausted. You know, um, it is weird. He sets a, an interesting tempo. He has no... Lots of movement, lots of feints, um, everything power. Nothing, nothing just like keep, my, my, my boxing coach would always say, you know, you got to throw some punches just to keep him honest. Nothing keeps you honest. He's, he's all power, all business. And it seemed like that, you know, he, would, he wouldn't move much, he wouldn't throw much, and then all of a sudden he'd come with these haymakers. Mm-hmm. Um, did any of those hit you at any point? Did you get yeah. connect? Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, luckily, um, I, I kind of, I'm a little bit awkward, so I, I usually get hit with glancing blows. So he got me a couple times off the the top of the head and off the forehead, kind of skipped across. Um, but whew, and they're still they they still hurt, even though they're glancing. Like God, dog, what does it feel like to get hit solid? Glad I'm glad I'll never know. Well, you seem to take them pretty well, and you, you scored that takedown in the second round. I know there was a big story coming into it, the, the wrestling battle yeah, yeah. that people thought you were going to have. Um, how much of a confidence boost was that uh, when you got him down at the, the, the midway through the second? Um, you know, uh, coming out for the second round, uh, I saw he was super sweaty. I was like, man, I might have missed my window. <laughs> I might have missed my window. That was uh, one of my takeaways from the uh, Nimcov fight was I-, I went to wrestling too late in the fight and it, we were we were both way too sweaty. Um, but so I saw that and I was like, all right, it's going to have to be the perfect shot. You have to make sure you, uh, you know, really penetrate and get get in deep on a guy like that. He has hips for days. He is, you know, very athletic, turns his hips and he'll get out. Of, he'll get out of any bad shots. So really had to make sure I got it good. When you go to the judges' scorecards, and I mean, I think everybody in that building, media, fans, online, thought you clearly won that fight, and then you start to hear that it's a split. I mean, did you get nervous at all there for a second? Um, usually, uh, that's about the time where I start worrying, when they say, uh, you know, <laughs> when they announce it, that the first judge are like, oh, no, no, not one of these. But um, I, I felt pretty confident um, I had done more work over the, the body of the fight. Uh, Phil over here. So mm-hmm. from an outsider's perspective, it, I started to realize that he got tired right when you started the wrestling. He seemed to drain out a lot faster from there. Yeah. Inside the cage, did you also notice that he was starting to tire out when you started wrestling more? Well, you know, not necessarily. Um, normally when people uh, get tired, they, they aren't as strong. And that, his, his strength never really faded. His his activity may have a little bit, but his, his strength was very, I mean, God, he's strong. He's a freak. And uh, throughout, throughout the fight, uh, when it started, the fans seemed to be more on his side, but by the end, they were all cheering for you and chanting your name. How does it feel to turn the crowd like that after a performance? Oh, man. Uh, it's been a while since I had one of those. Um, not since, um, you know, competing down in Brazil three times <laughs> or, uh, you know, being a wrestler and wrestling at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Um, not, not too often do I hear, uh, you know, everybody cheering for the other guy. So it was, uh, it, was good to, it was good to be the bad guy for a while. All right, we'll take a couple more here. Giancarlo? Phil, uh, Kratz on the win there tonight. 
we talked last week about, you know, home field advantage type of thing and the change of scenery going into a fight. What was it like fighting at the SAP Center again? Well, part of the home field advantage is that the fans would be cheering for me. He had home field advantage. Uh, we were, it was, we are still at uh, San Jose, a city I've been to many times. I had my spots that I love to go to, um, to you know, grab food or uh, just the places in the neighborhood that I love to get food from. So I, I had all the tools uh, at my disposal, which is usually uh, a big hindrance in, in, in having that home field advantage. So I, I had all the necessary ingredients to have that home field advantage. And uh, he brought up, he, he traveled well, as we, as we would say in wrestling. He brought a, brought a lot of fans. Kobe? Hey, Phil, great game plan. Technically sound. Phenomenal fight. Just fantastic to watch. You fought everyone who's anyone in the light heavyweight division. And this is Yoel Romero kind of moving up to that class. Mm-hmm. How did he feel in comparison to other light heavyweights? Strength-wise, um, no different, if not stronger. Um, um, I, I, more than more than some of the other guys, I felt like uh, he didn't cover as much distance uh, as often as I thought he would. Um, other than that, I, I think he's uh, a very solid light heavyweight, and, and that's kind of what I expected. Um, he's he's a freak athlete, and I expected, uh, especially with a longer layoff in between fights, that he would uh, fill the gap between one eighty five and two hundred five pretty quickly. Now, given your position, your body of work, obviously you're waiting for the end of the tournament to happen. You're probably due another title shot very soon. But I want to ask you, who do you think they should match up Yoel Romero with? Man. Uh, who would be what. a good opponent for him? Um, I always think that... Um, a southpaw southpaw matchup almost always ends in a knockout. They they're uh, they they just they don't they clash. Um, I think him versus the dragon um, will be an exciting matchup. Um, uh, let's see, that's just off the top. Um, I think you. I mean, anybody you put him in there with is going to be is going to be is is going to be pretty good. Last one, Jay. Hey, Phil, congratulations on the win tonight. Uh, I got two quick ones, actually. First of all, you all seem to uh, express some surprise that the main event was only three rounds after the fight. Did you catch wind of anything he was saying about that? That it was only three rounds? Yeah, he was thinking it was going to be another two, and it was a five-round main. No, oh, I mean, like uh, like some organizations do. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I... I, I don't think that that was ever communicated to me. I thought it was always three rounds, but I could see how, you know, if that's what you're used to, you can think that, that especially in the heat of the moment, you're like, it's over, it's over three rounds. Uh, no, he, uh, man, he's a very humble guy and uh, he had good words to say after fight. And I know it was mentioned that you might have to wait till after the Grand Prix, but we know Rumble's out. We know Julius Angelicus is getting the title shot now. If anything were to happen any of the other competitors were to fall out and i think i just broke some news to you um would you be willing no, no, to step knew, back I in that. i knew that now you didn't you're not, <laughs> now you didn't tell me nothing i knew that would you be willing to step back in though if anything did happen is that what they want they want me to step back in done uh, i'm not i'm not saying I'm october saying 16th i'll be there done all no, right I'm just i can't make that i can't make that <laughs> 
All right. Thanks a lot for the time, Phil. Congrats on the win. Thank you, guys. Phil Davis spoiling you while Romero's Bellator debut in the uh, in the main event. What did you think of that performance from Phil? Listen, I, I think that um, Phil did great. He's an amazing fighter, as we all know. And he just delivered another, you know, to be a, a stellar performance. Fought smart. Yo's still dangerous. I mean, that guy, if he hits you, it's over. And I think Phil probably felt that power early on and said, I'm going to stick and move a little bit. But took him down a couple times, and I, I love the fight. I thought that it was a, a great fight. And, and I'm telling you, Yo'll be back. He'll be um, – this is, like, to me, his – comeback fight and it's been how long since he fought Let's give him another fight i think i think he's he'll be ready, really really ready for the next one yeah. and that's what i was going to ask you about like from from his perspective you like what you saw i know he didn't get the result that he wanted but first fight at, at light heavyweight in years first fight in quite a while just in general so uh you, you like the future for you all romero and bellator yeah absolutely i mean anybody that um you know can can do what he does and like and again give this guy Another camp, another big fight. I think he's going to come in and he's going to start throwing bombs on people because he's he's a dangerous individual. I mean, you guys saw it. Like one one punch, it's over. He's gonna he's gonna be that guy. Do you think his future is remains at two hundred five, or would you like to see him try to to go back to middleweight? You know, I'm going to talk to him because I would love for him to you know maybe fight and uh, you know maybe stay at two hundred five. But uh, Gegard is going to be busy beginning of next year fighting uh, Austin, and if that division opens up. And he wants to go down and fight uh, the winner or, you know, the winner of that fight. We'd love to do that, too. So that we have a lot of exciting options for Romero. And um, I'm excited to put them all together. We didn't speak with him, but after the fight, he looked, I don't know if it was surprised or kind of frustrated. And he said something about five rounds. Do you, mm. this, this is something we brought oh. up with you before. Do you, do you think that we'll see a day where Bellator yeah. main events in general are five rounds? Yeah, we just didn't want to make a change, but I think maybe, you know, at some point you'll see it. I just know that, you know, once we make that decision, you're, it's not going to go back, you know, but, um, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, I heard that that was like a, something in his mind too. Can't blame him. He's been fighting five rounds a lot, a lot in his career, but um, this was a three round fight and, uh, you know, maybe next time he'll be a, in, a, in a five round fight. Hey, Scott, wanted to get your opinion on Neiman Gracie's victory. Everyone thought it'd be a submission, but he gets the uh, the knockout. I was like, wow. Why? This guy has been training. And then when he did his little Muay Thai dance, I go, okay, he's been in the Muay Thai gym. And uh, it wasn't just the uppercut that really surprised me. It was the elbow that he followed up with. I said, oh, he's he's really been in the Thai boxing gym. So, you know, I love that because when martial artists like a Neiman, who's such a master at a discipline, you know, goes into the gym and says, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna be like a white belt in Muay Thai. Not me white belt, but whatever. But I'm going to get better and better and better and improve, improve, improve. And so now, listen, if his hands look like that, the next fight, and his and he can start, start throwing elbows and striking, and with his grappling game and submission game, he's just going to get, you know, a little bit more dangerous each time. So uh, I, I really like what I saw from Neiman because a tremendous amount of growth as far as I'm concerned, as far as his striking ability. Big Bed and Tuna Parish plus eight hundred underdog. He beat Christian Edwards five and zero. Oh. What do you do with Christian Edwards next? You know that's something. You know I'll reserve judgment on that. We'll go back and and take a look at it. That 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 uh, you know I mean I think uh, it's surprised a lot of people. Let's say, but um, you know I, I'm you know I'm happy for him that uh, he came out and won and did what he had to do in front of this tough crowd. And, uh, you know, for Edwards, I think he's got to go back and, and, and uh, take a look at it, too. So we'll go back, mix up, mix it up, and, you know, we'll, we'll get some more fights out of those guys.
And last question, mm -hmm. obviously the sad news with Rumble Johnson mm -hmm. having to pull out from the tournament. Is everything going to be okay with him? Kind of unknown there. Yeah, you know what? Um, that's actually a really private conversation that uh, we had with Rumble, and I really don't want to get into it. But, uh, you know, we're rooting for him. And, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that he can, you know, get back and, and get back to doing what he loves to do. Uh, but until he's healthy and ready to fight, we're, we're definitely going to be on the sidelines uh, waiting for him and supporting him. Uh, Scott, follow up about, uh, follow up on uh, Ben Parrish. Uh, here's a guy who wasn't very active as a professional, and uh, I guess he'd been gone for a couple of years, and mm -hmm. he gets this huge win on the main card. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you guys thinking? Are you going to market the hell out of this guy? Or? <laughs> I think he became a, a big star here overnight. That, that's for sure. I mean, sometimes fighters need a statement event, a statement showing, and I think that's what he did tonight. I think that he put a statement on this fight. Now people are going to know him. I think our fans are going to love him. And so... You know, it's all it's all upward and forward from here. And again, it's you know we'll put him in different difficult fights in the future. And if he can prove himself to continue to win and look good, you know we're going to give him every shot possible. And what about uh, Deanna Bennett? Uh, she uh, missed weight by a significant amount, uh, yet uh, the fight went forward and mm -hmm. she got the win. Mm -hmm. I think in the past you've expressed that you really don't like that kind of situation. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, it's always uncomfortable when somebody doesn't make weight, and especially on a big fight like that. Uh, you're fighting on the main TV card on Showtime, and um, it's 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 a tough conversation, right? And you know, I think we will talk to her. I do I do love her story though, because you know, coming from San Jose, coming to the fights, seeing Carano Cyborg fight, the father being a police officer here in San Jose, the father being you know, part of the security team here when we did fights. I mean, it's a very personal story for me. And I, I do love, love the story. And she, she did what she had to do tonight. You know, uh, the way thing is, you know, we'll have to probably have a conversation about that and, and, and make sure that it doesn't happen again. But uh, Laura, you know, to me, she, she agreed to the fight and she could have said no and the fight would have been off. And so I, I have to give her credit for stepping up, but uh, the result is the results. And that's how it's going to go down the history books. Good evening, Scott. Um, congratulations on the success of tonight's show. Uh, first off, it feels great to have Bellator back in the Bay Area. And I was also going to ask about Deanna Bennett, just your thoughts on her emotional homecoming, the win against um, Alejandra Lara. And with now that little bit of a shakeup in the women's flyweight division, mm -hmm. are you considering maybe a women's flyweight Grand Prix, given the, the circumstances of what happened with Juliana and Denise, how close their fight was, mm -hmm. and you still have Alima Lay McFarlane as a top contender, mm -hmm. and Liz Carmouche is now in the promotion, mm -hmm. and Deanna just made a big statement against someone of Lada's caliber. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to ask you about the homecoming win for, um, for Deanna and what your plans are now for the women's flyweight division. Is a Grand Prix somewhere in the future? Yeah, I mean, the Grand Prix, it's, it's premature. We want to finish out our light heavyweight tournament, and then, uh, you know, we'll We'll get together with Showtime and think about, you know, maybe the right tournament for us to move forward. Um, I've always liked the one uh, 25 pound division for the our females because I think we have a lot of great talent in there. Um, but our 135 men's division is getting stacked, and we just signed Haraguchi, as you know. So that's just putting another you know piece of the puzzle together to do something really great. So you know we're gonna wait till after the um, semifinals on October 16th. And then we'll make a decision going into next year which 
tournament we're going to throw. As far as the the homecoming, it's like again I said, it's it's a very personal thing for me because you know having her father here and and her coming to watch the strike force fights, you know, and we, at that time we were the only promotion doing female fights. Think about that. This was not like a big. I mean, it wasn't like a, a common thing amongst a lot of the leagues. So, um, the Cyborg Corano fight really was a pivot for female MMA, and that it was the first time uh, I believe in mixed martial arts that it aired on a major network. Female martial arts being a headliner airing on a major network like Showtime. So, you know, that was a pivot point for female MMA, and there's a lot of things that went into that. You know, the details. I th- I think we've talked about this before, where. You know, the commission, when we did our first fight in, in 06, they wouldn't allow uh, they wouldn't allow five-minute rounds for the females, the commission here in California. It wasn't uh, Andy Foster. It was another gentleman at the time. And uh, and we fought for the females to get five rounds, five-minute rounds. is something that was important to Carano and, uh, and, and Cyborg. But, you know, a lot of great female fights happened here in this building. A lot of great fights, period, happened in this building. I mean, when I, when I came in here yesterday... I looked around and I was just like, wow, this is unbelievable. It's like, you know, Fedor fights um, Fabrizio Verdum here. Big, big moment in MMA. First loss for Fedor. Carano fights Cyborg here. Nick Diaz makes his comeback here, beats Frank Shamrock here. Shamrock fights Kung Lee here. I mean, it just goes on and on. Alice Rodriguez fought Vitor Belfort here in 06. I mean, it's, this, is a, this is a house that has had, had many great MMA fights uh, since California allowed it, which was in the Strikeforce event. And I believe this was March 10th of, of 06. So, you know, going back to, to uh, the, the local feeling and how I feel attached to the story, he had to have her father here be a policeman and their father bringing his daughter to the fights. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's just a really touching story. Just a couple more here, Jim. Yeah, Jim Barcelona, Miami Herald. Thank you, Scott. I'm just curious if with the OL, what, would it, what has it been like working with him and his team and also would you like to see him fight again this year, or are you thinking maybe 2022 for him for his next fight? I know you need to talk to him and his team. You know, that's that's a good question because um, I haven't, you know, since he came out of the cage tonight, I haven't talked to him. But if he wants to get back in there right away, we definitely would have like to have a conversation with him about that. I think that, uh, you know, he put on a, a good performance. Phil is at a super high level right now. He's been fighting. He's been consistent. Uh, and... And you all hung in there and did his thing, got taken down, a couple of missed punches. I mean, it could have ended a lot differently, you know, a lot different. It could have been a different outcome if you all would have punched one of those big, big bombs he throws. I mean, this guy is dangerous. I'm not kidding. This guy, if he, if he hits you, it's going to be lights out. He's got that kind of freaky power. I mean, just shaking his hand, you know, two days ago, I was like, okay, I get it now. This guy, this guy is, 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 a, is a killer and he's going to knock people out. Um, but Yo's been great to work with. He's got a great attitude. He's really happy to be here. We're happy he's here, and we're happy about all the fights we're going to put him, uh, you know, together for him. Maybe into this year, even going into next year, because um, you know he—he's to me he's—he's he's a main event star. You guys saw the reaction here and the crowd uh, cheering for him. I mean, people love him. They love Phil, but they love him too. So to me, it was a—it was a great bout, and Phil deserved to win that fight. But I'm looking forward to Yo's next fight. John Carlo. Hi, Scott. Uh, great event tonight. Uh, just touching on the topic of Grand Prix earlier. Uh, it's been a while since uh, that featherweight Grand Prix when AJ McKee won it. And uh, he was always uh, consistent in saying that he wanted to go up and challenge Pitbull for the lightweight belt. 
Uh, has there been an update with that? Have you talked to either of those two about uh, their future? Um, we talked to Pitbull a little bit. Um, he wanted to take some time off and spend time with his family. So that's going on. I think AJ's still out celebrating his victory against Pitbull. He's probably having a good time in LA tonight, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get together with them probably in the next couple of weeks and start mapping out what the next steps are, but you're right. We got to get that 55 pound belt active and busy. And we, we intend to do that in the first quarter of next year. Last one, Jay. Hey, thanks very much, Scott. Congratulations on a great card tonight. Uh, it was announced during the broadcast that Julius Angelicus is getting the uh, title shot against Nemkov. And I'm just wondering if you can speak to the selection process in terms of, you know, choosing him to uh, step into the Grand Prix. He is the, the highest ranked fighter available, I believe. Is that just Bellator is going to stick to those rankings pretty uh, firmly? You know, I tell you, um, when when we picked him as an alternate, um, you know, we felt good about it. And, um, and when, when rumble pulled out, we said, okay, we're going to go to our alternate, just like we have done in different tournaments in the past. And, you know, to me, I, I feel good about it. You know, here's a talented kid and, uh, in tournaments, you never know what's going to happen. He's got a tough, tough fight with Nemkov. I, I get it, but anything can happen in these tournaments. And that's what I love about tournaments, build stars and tournaments are unpredictable. And, and to me, he's going to a situation where Nemkov doesn't really know him that well. He might know Nemkov better than Nemkov knows him. Uh, but he was already the uh, alternate uh, that we announced, uh, you know, I want to say six months ago or eight months ago, whenever we announced the tournament. So we're going to stick to the plan. And, and uh, you know, I wish him uh, good luck and get ready. And he's going to have a big fight uh, coming on uh, October 16th.